It's Wednesday the 30th of October and this is the Monocle Minute today. The city's financial secretary says that Hong Kong has fallen into recession hit by five months of anti-government protests. He also says it will be extremely difficult to achieve the government's pre-protest forecast of between 0 and 1% annual economic growth. The damage the Hong Kong protests are causing to the city-state's economy. Also ahead, a new plan to boost public transport to San Francisco airport. How Japan is working for a positive legacy from next year's Olympic Games and what the future may hold for airline safety. I am Marcus Hippie in London. The Monocle Minute starts now. There is evidence that the Hong Kong protests are beginning to bite. The city-state is likely to record negative growth for the year, with the leader Carrie Lam warning of a recession. Yuan Potts from Bloomberg tells us more. The city's financial secretary says that Hong Kong has fallen into recession hit by five months of anti-government protests. The blow from the protests to our economy is comprehensive, he writes it in a blog post. He says that the preliminary estimate for third quarter GDP, which we'll get on Thursday, will show that uh, Hong Kong has sunk to two successive quarters of contraction, the uh, definition of a recession. He also says it will be extremely difficult to achieve the government's pre-protest forecast of between 0 and 1% annual economic growth. It's uh, a pretty sorry state of affairs for one of the world's economic uh, economic poster childs. Things have gone pretty horribly wrong in since those protests uh, started earlier this year. A couple of weeks ago, we heard from the chief executive giving her annual policy speech. She warned of the unprecedented challenge to the economy. And the International Monetary Fund uh, also slashed its forecast for Hong Kong's economic growth. They now uh, see expansion of just 0.3% over the course of the whole year, down from their previous forecast of 2.7%. Of course, Hong Kong has become an incredibly prosperous part of the world, a very successful, uh, economically very successful region. But uh, there's really been hit by the protests. Retail sales, we know, are down massively. Tourism from the mainland and from elsewhere also hit very, very hard. And that, of course, is coming, uh, hitting uh, the bottom line of the economy. Elizabeth Hilton is the editor of China Dialogue. I'm not sure we're going to see Hong Kong go back to, you know, the Hong Kong of last year. A lot of the young people on the streets feel that this is their last chance to defend the freedoms and the way of life that they have. And they're not really inclined to give up because they would argue, for example, China is very keen to integrate Hong Kong into the wider Pearl River Delta Bay Area initiative. That's not going down very well in Hong Kong at the moment, where greater integration with the mainland, even if it were to bring prosperity, would also bring a tangible loss of control and a tangible loss of freedoms of the kind that they're trying to defend. So Hong Kong's in a very tricky position. And China is trying to argue that, you know, if you comply, you can join the general prosperity of China. And Hong Kong is saying, well, that's the price too high. And that Hong Kong's unique position has been one country, two systems, and the preservation of liberties and the rule of law. So we're still in a standoff, frankly, and I don't really think that even going into a recession is going to have an immediate effect on the protest. 
In San Francisco, the Bay Area's Transit Authority, BART, is developing an app that will allow riders who take the service to San Francisco's airport to fast-track their way through security. Monaco's Nick Manis has the story. So the Bay Area Rapid Transit's directors have approved the implementation of trip verification technology, which basically means they're going to invest money in developing an app or or at least creating a, a service for San Francisco's airport staff to check the tickets of people to see or passengers to see if they've arrived at the airport by the BART. And if they have, then they'll get to jump straight to the front of the security queue. So it means no waiting and, and a little bit of priority access for them there. This is a response to falling ridership. So ridership on Bart's airport line has dropped by 16% since 2015. And, and there's been a little bit of finger pointing as to what's been the cause of this. I mean, you could say it's sort of their nasty stations or perhaps poor operating hours if you're trying to get an early flight. But a lot of it has also been attributed, perhaps ostensibly, to the rise of ride sharing, you know, particularly Uber and Lyft. Do you think this makes sense? What else should Bart's do? Well, I think perhaps there are other things that they could focus on first. One of the bigger issues is the fact that you do get hit with a surcharge, a $5 surcharge, if you go into the airport on the BART, which means that if you're riding in a group, it can often end up being cheaper to take a ride-sharing service. So they could take a leaf out of perhaps Portland's Max Light Rail and just have a cheaper rate, not hitting you with a surcharge where you go to the airport. So I think for Portland to go from downtown to the airport, it only costs you $2.50. And I mean, if they were they were going to do something bigger, perhaps look at bigger project they could consider or at least start planning for an extension to the BART in the airport. It's something they've worked on recently, but at the moment they've only got one station. Like The BART only operates out of one terminal at the airport, so they could consider servicing the other four terminals by extending the line there. Well, Nick, if BART wants to continue developing this app now and to make it a more attractive option for customers, would you have any improvement suggestions? I mean, I think like something... For me, if we're going to go out of this world, like really get creative with this, I'd love to see perhaps a dedicated lounge for BART passengers at the airport. Wouldn't that be nice? Perhaps maybe a little bit less smelly, maybe a little bit less vomit than riding the actual train itself. So maybe maybe something like those other little perks. I don't necessarily need to jump to the front of the security line. Maybe, you know, make me a nice coffee and give me somewhere comfortable to sit. Now to Japan, where Tokyo is getting ready for the 2020 Olympic Games. With intentions set on building a positive legacy from the Olympic Games next year, organizers in Tokyo this week unveiled a stunning new timber gymnastics stadium. The Ariake Gymnastics Center's design draws upon traditional construction methods to form a smart, sustainably-minded building that will be converted into an exhibition center after the Games, with the wooden seating repurposed and donated to schools and other public buildings. While star architect Kengo Kuma's temple-like Olympic Stadium will be the main design drawcard at the Games, we're equally interested in projects like the Ariake Building and the Athletes' Village Plaza, which will be completely recycled after the event ends. Japan is known as much for its problematic scrap and rebuild approach to urban development as it is for good design. But the Games and its clever infrastructure additions to the capital should help swing the pendulum further towards building better. Finally today, Monocle's business editor Venetia Rainey looks at the future of airline safety. Boeing CEO Dennis Muhlenberg will today face a second session of grilling by US lawmakers over company failings that led to two separate plane crashes and the deaths of 346 people. 
Under tough questioning yesterday, Muhlenberg admitted that America's aviation giant had made mistakes, but insisted it had learned from the accidents in Indonesia and Ethiopia that involved its now-grounded 737 MAX planes. Chief among the things he is expected to be asked about today is why a known deadly safety feature flaw was not disclosed to the relevant regulatory body, the Federal Aviation Administration. This is the first time a company official has publicly testified on Boeing's role in the tragedies, and much is riding on it, as the company is well aware. Yesterday its website was replaced by a special memorial page, mourning those whose lives were lost, and a similar full-page advert was taken out in several US and British newspapers. Yet this transparent PR blitz has failed to obscure the massive problems facing Boeing. It expects the MAX to be cleared for flight by the end of this year, but that's now looking unlikely. Further delays may mean the entire plane has to be scrapped, a huge blow for the largest manufacturing exporter in the US, and a potential drag on the country's economy. Reforms now being touted centre on strengthening the FAA and creating a new branch dedicated to studying flight automation. This will quite rightly make the process of getting new planes into the air in the US lengthier and costlier. That may prove problematic for Boeing as it struggles to get back into the game, but in the long term, it's a positive development for the industry at large. That was Monaco's business editor, Venetia Rainey. And that's all in today's programme. You can read and subscribe to our daily email bulletin at our website, monocle.com. I am Marcus Hippi. The Monocle Minute returns on Thursday.